To the podcast, we have the extraordinaire, stylist, creative, content creator, positivity, good vibes. Oh, thank you. So give everybody a little bit of background on who you are and uh, where they can find you. So I am Angie Martinez Tejada, and I am a fashion stylist, content creator, um, editor. Uh, I do a lot of things, but you can find me at StyleMeAnge, S-T-Y-L-E-M-E-A-N-G. Sometimes I have to spell that for people because they don't understand. But yeah, StyleMeAnge on Instagram. I have a website, StyleMeAnge.com, and on YouTube, at StyleMeAnge, and Twitter and stuff, but you know. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's optional. You got, you got to tell people because they sometimes they be like, "Well, I don't know where to find you. You didn't tell me." And I'm right. like, "All right, I, I, I didn't gave you every handle." So. <laughs> follow me. I follow back for the most part. For the most part. For the most part, unless you're lame, then. I mean, it's not even more lame, but if I know I'm gonna not follow you mm-hmm. in three, four weeks, I'd rather just not follow you now. But it's nothing personal. I think I've had to kind of streamline who mm-hmm. I follow because I've. I've made like a difference or made an emphasis mm. in not using my social media for social and making it just business. So it's kind of like if what I'm scrolling is social or tempts me to post things that aren't in alignment with my brand, then I'd rather just not follow you. Mm. So it's nothing personal, you know, yeah. it's just... Have you ever went on like an unfollowing spree? Oh, all the time, yeah. I just did one maybe like a month ago and it kind of felt, I felt kind of bad unfollowing people because it's like, I'm sorry, like, mm. it's not you, it's literally me. Like, <laughs> it's not Why you. Why you don't give them old cliche? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but it's it's not, it's not that I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just that your content is tempting me to post stuff that isn't what I want my brand to represent. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? That makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of sense. It sounds like something that I need to do. You might have to. Yeah. You might have to. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Thanks. So you wear a lot of hats. You're very interested in a lot of things. A lot of people, they seem to make excuses Oof. when it comes to that. They're like, well, you know, I need to focus on one thing because, you know, if I don't put all my all into this one basket, mm-hmm. then everything else is going to suffer. What's your thought process on that in particular? Um, on particularly, like, wearing many hats or on making excuses? Both. Well, I think that the reason why I wear many hats is because I'm interested in a lot of different things. Um, I want whatever I do to represent all of who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that I don't want to just do one thing if I see that I have an influence or I'm somehow like making some type of impact on anyone then i want it to be as genuine as possible like i don't want people to think like oh she's doing it for followers or for the money because that's like far from it i wish i wish that especially now followers had nothing to do with it even though it has like probably 60 percent of what to do with it or people do a lot of things for followers I wish that that wasn't even a part. Wild for followers. I wish that that wasn't even a thing, though. I wish people would genuinely push 
whatever it is they're pushing because they want other people to succeed or to thrive or to follow whatever you know but i think that making excuses is is actually kind of in alignment with the whole followers thing is like mm-hmm. you just said people do followers for whatever but it's like why will people do anything for followers because you have two ways of gaining followers mm-hmm. is either buying them or you know doing things for instant gratification and then there's working your ass off putting out content doing what you have to do so that people actually see your vision see your mission and want to follow you Mm. so the reason why i bring that up is because with excuses i think the reason why people make excuses or give up on themselves is because they want that instant gratification Mm. and when they don't get it ah it's quitting time i see a lot of people that i'm around or on social media they tend to use social media to compare their lives to other people and then they start to go into like a slight depression um, where, okay, this person, they may they dress better than me. Oh, this person just got a new car. Oh, this person is on vacation. And I'm not doing that, those things, so I must be losing in life or something yeah. like that. What's your take on that? Um, it's funny you ask that, actually, because it's something that is unavoidable, especially now that we're in an age where we have so much access to so many different lifestyles or mm-hmm. so many different goals and achievements or even downfalls. But it's funny that you say that because I was in church maybe last week or two weeks ago mm-hmm. and basically um, Pastor Furtick was talking about how right now it's so easy to compare yourself to the next person, you know, the person next to you or the, the person who's doing something maybe better than you. But what's so interesting about that is that no one is... Very few people post their downfalls. You know Mm. what I mean? Social media is a resume of all of your accomplishments, all of the good things that are happening. It's highlights. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Highlights. So it's funny because we're comparing our regular day lives to the highlights of someone else. (laughs) There you go. You know what I mean? No one's going to post, damn, I didn't get the job. Damn, I'm in the dark crying right now. Let me record it. You You know what I'm saying? Exactly. I'm vulnerable right now. I'm vulnerable. Let me post that. So that people could see that I have vulnerable moments too. No, of course not. So it's interesting that that we live in that age, especially, and it goes back to instant gratification where we're like, even I find myself like yesterday, actually, I was kind of discouraged because I posted, I want to do a video on Valentine's Day, like I was talking to you about. Mm-hmm. And I like was so tired yesterday from work and I came home. Actually, it was twice this week. I came straight from work, 8 to 5, and I went to a photo shoot to shoot the pictures. And then, like, two days later, I came straight from work, 8 to 5, came home, and I did the graphics for it. So, you know, I'm putting out time and effort to actually make this look decent. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I put in effort doing it. And then I posted on my stories with the little question sticker so people can ask me questions that I can answer. And no one answered them. And I, I mean, and it's not even like I was upset because people didn't answer, but I was kind of like, God, it, it come was, on. It was a percentage, yeah. You know, like, come yeah, on. Like, come on. You want the interaction. I want the interaction because I want to make this. Like, but, but it's funny because I thought to myself, I was like, you know what's funny is that when I do have, not if, but when I do have 10K, 20K, oh, that's when the same people who follow me now are going to be sending me questions. Yeah. Because it's, it all goes back to like, you know, clout and what everyone else is doing. People view so it differently thought, with it. Exactly. It so, so I thought I kind of got a little bit discouraged because I was like, ugh. And everyone, you know, this is me being vulnerable because I'm not gonna be one of those people who only shows the highlights. But I thought to myself, I was like, you know, it's annoying. Like, God. But, but why? Know? People, why people just can't appreciate you from the grassroots? Like, mm. like when you're first 
when you're first starting the bubble, when you're first starting to get that, like when Kendrick Lamar was putting on his first mixtape, you know, why wasn't there the people that said, uh, I, don't, I don't know about this, this dude, you know, I don't know. Like I went to a Kendrick Lamar concert when I was in college, and there was like 30 people in the audience. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then... I went. We went to see him with my wife last year, and it was at Spectrum. It was like twenty thousand. Exactly. You know, and I think there's two reasons for that. I think the first reason is because when you're at the grassroots, like you say, you're too similar to the next average Joe. Mm. So, like for my instance, the the reason why a lot of people weren't interacting or you know communicating and engaging is because I'm just Angie who just graduated from ECU. So in a way, you're and too relatable. I'm too relatable. I'm too mm. much like you. There's no reason yeah. for you to take time you're not out a star. of your day. I'm not a yeah. star. Yeah. I'm not a star. And then the second reason is because they don't see everyone else doing it. You know what I mean? I bet you if I would have had a hundred different responses on that story, people would have been like, oh, wow, people are asking questions. Let me ask a question. Because that's how it is. Like, when I, probably about a year ago, I posted on Twitter, just like, hey guys, I'm a fashion stylist, um, you know, my next client could be on your Twitter, could you please retweet this? And like, I had to actually put in the effort and ask people, hey, could you retweet this? It's crazy because the tweet got like 200 tweets, but I, I probably asked maybe like 25 to 40 people that I just knew in my contacts. I went down, I was like, hey, could you do me a favor, just retweet this for me. So probably about 25 to 30 of those people actually knew me. After that, when people started seeing, oh, this tweet has 25 retweets. Oh, this tweet has 50 retweets. Oh, this tweet has 100 retweets. Then the retweets started coming in. You know what I mean? People won't just do it on their own. Exactly. People won't do it on their own. But Mm -hmm. when they see that a tweet has, you know, 50,000 likes, oh, let me like it. You know? So. Yeah. Wow. That's just people, though. I mean, it's fine, and it's easy for anyone out there who could be discouraged with it. Like, you're not alone in feeling discouraged. Keep doing what you're doing, but it gets annoying. It's very, it's very <laughs> annoying. Putting that, putting annoying. that work in to get where you want to get, you you find out really quickly who supports you and mm-hmm. and who's not. And it's funny that we're saying that because actually I have uh, this. We're just both looking at this poster. It's a mm-hmm. mood board that I have, and there's a quote that I wrote on it, and it says, "There's a tendency to doubt your growth in the midst of a big leap forward. Hold steady and allow yourself to bloom." Mm-hmm. And I think that's relevant to what we're saying right that's now. Very relevant. A lot of times you're like you're right at the brink of, you know, saying screw this. Like, this is. And you begin to question like, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I doing something wrong? Is it worth you're it? You're not. You're not. You're is doing it something worth right. It? That's it a ain't big what everybody one. else is doing. I think a lot of people ask, is it worth it? You, with anything, going to the gym. Oh, is it worth me waking up at 4 yes. 50 in the morning it's very, it's to very go? Worth it. Is it? You know, yeah. is it worth it me paying five extra dollars for a salad when this Big Mac costs three dollars? Is it worth it? You know, is it worth it me coming home and putting in four hours after I just put in eight hours to get a like on Instagram? Is it worth it? That's up to you though. It's up, to you. It? it's up to you and how passionate are you about it and how bad do you want it? And what's the purpose behind it, is, I think, is the biggest one. Mm. You know, if there's no substance in your purpose, in your motives, then it's very likely it won't seem worth it. It's not going to stick either. It's not It's not sustainable if, if your reasons for doing it, your why, is surface level yep. and uh, just not deep enough for you to continue doing it after a month or two. Exactly. And then when you do have these minutes or these moments of, is it worth it? If your purpose isn't deep enough, then the answer is going to be, yeah, it's not that worth mm-hmm. it. Like, I know I, have, I know some people, they're like, I want to lose weight. And I ask why. And they say, well, I'm going to the beach next month. 
that's very surface level. That's not it's not a deep enough reason to stick to a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because after the beach trip, you're going to go back to eating the way you exactly. was eating. Exactly. You know? So you need something deep. Okay, I want to sleep better. Okay, I want my skin to be clearer. Okay, I want to be able to walk up a flight of stairs. I want my clothes right. to fit a certain way. I, you know, right. different things that can motivate you in the long term. Not just a beach trip I'm going on in May. Exactly. You know, you know. I agree. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about dreams. What's it, do you feel that some one dream is too big? Uh, no, I don't think that a dream is too big at all. Um, and the reason why I think that is because I was driving the other day and I saw a plane. And I was like, yo, like, there's really... Uh, how much does a plane even weigh? Oh, a plane is... A plane if you is break huge. it down, a plane is really big. That's mad metal. That There's a lot of stuff in there. And yeah. it just it just floats in the atmosphere. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things in life that you're like, yo, like... Somebody sat down and was like, yo... <laughs> we could fly. We could fly. What the hell? We could fly, You yeah. know, someone's probably like, what yeah. are you talking about? But, like, we fly. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can get from one part of the world to the other part of the world in a day. I mean, I don't know. I've never fly across the world. But, you know, you could do that. I mean, what is it, like, a day, two days? Mm. But you could still do it is what's crazy. At one point, people were, like, in ships and stuff doing that so it's kind of like i don't think that a dream is too big at all what i think that is unattainable is the time frame and the amount of effort that we put behind that so for instance i have a dream i sound like martin luther king but i might <laughs> you know fitting black history oh, month oh, um but i i have a dream that i'm gonna be wealthy <laughs> I mean, and it's going to happen. It's not even like a, I don't want to be wealthy for myself. I want to be wealthy so I can build wealth. But it's funny because a lot of people are like, everyone wants to be rich, which is true, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of people could say, like, you're not going to. Rich and wealthy is totally different. It is very different. You know, That's why I said wealthy. But at a point before I reached a certain level of self-awareness, it was I want to be rich. Like, I'm going to be rich. Um, mm-hmm. And so I guess I'll speak on being rich. So it's funny because everyone's like, everyone wants to be rich, which is true. But... I think that um, the difference between actually being rich and wanting to be rich is A, how much time you allow yourself, Mm -hmm. and B, how much effort you're going to put into it. So, for instance, saying, I'm going to be rich, I'm 22, I'm going to be rich by 23, Uh, am I, you know, I got student loans, car payment, like... I have an entry-level job. Am I going to be rich by 23? Mm, I mean, maybe the tra- if... The trajectory if, right if now God, doesn't look like right. it's going to I mean, go, if yeah. God looks out, <laughs> then maybe, but right now, no. Yeah. Another thing is, like, am I going to... I'm going to be rich in five years. Maybe I have time on my side, but I'm not doing anything. You know? I'm not reading books. I'm not studying He's going to fall in the sky. Um, exactly. Gonna go to the it's going to come to me. Yeah. You know, that's unattainable, too. So, not necessarily that dreams are unrealistic, but the time frame in which we want to achieve them mm-hmm. and the amount of effort in which we want them to, you know, actually manifest may be unrealistic. I agree. I feel like some people, they're just not real with themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you want to lose 10 pounds and you eat Oreos every day, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. I don't care how, how far you run. Flat tummy T ain't gonna get you. There. It, it, it ain't gonna get you there. <laughs> it ain't gonna get you there. It doesn't align with your goal, you know. Right. So I believe that that translates into you know regular life as well. I mean, if you want to be rich, yet you're not investing money, you're not investing time in yourself, you don't have a passion project. There's nothing that you're doing that's pointing towards okay a positive correlation to wealth. 
and yet I'm going to be wealthy. It just doesn't seem... It's not attainable. You know, it's not attainable. It's not attainable. And I don't think that people uh, are real with themselves. Okay. What is your definition of wealth? Ooh, okay. So my definition of wealth is being rich in a lot of different areas in your life. Mm, so mm. just how there's the cheap Dollar Tree chocolate that kind of tastes like butter. That's not rich. Somebody be chalky. It's chalky. Yeah, it's trash. It's not rich. But yeah. then you got rich chocolate where it's creamy and it's, you know, it's good. So I think that it's the same thing, being rich in in resources, not necessarily just financial resources, but um, educational resources, being rich in opportunity, you know, as, as much as people may not like the direction that America's in right now, um, we live in a place where we can, we have the freedom to study. We have the freedom to, to an extent, pretty much do what we like, mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, we're not confined to a specific religion. We're not confined, you know, we're not forced to a specific um, idea or mental mind frame. Um, but I think that being rich in love, having a support system, whether it be a family or friends or whatever it is, but having that unconditional love, um, being rich in self-awareness is a huge one. Yes. Being rich in knowing yourself, knowing um, where your spirit is, where your spirit will lead you, um, and just really knowing the soul. I separate the self when I speak of myself. I don't like saying yourself or himself or myself Mm -hmm. because it's too common. And people look at it as daily, you know, as a daily talk. Like myself, yeah. yeah I, I they just throwing around a lot. Yeah, yeah, myself, myself, myself. But what really are you talking about when you say myself? So I always like to talk about self with the capital S because it, in my opinion, it is its own separate being. And a lot of people combine it together. You know what I mean? Yes. The ego and myself. But what really is yourself? So I think that the self is a spirit. And being able to connect with that and understand the soul, the spirit, the self is a huge part of wealth. I think it's the first part of it. Um, and then being rich in aspirations. And that goes back to knowing yourself and knowing your purpose. So so once you know who you are and once you know what your soul is and your destination, um, then you can kind of fulfill the mission. Mm. That was deep. So that's wealth. <laughs> that's real that's wealth. being wealthy. You know, once you're wealthy, you can distribute that. Like Jay-Z said, or no, J. Cole said, look at his first class, my niggas can't sit. Mm. Or Jay-Z said, um, what did he say? He said, in boss. In boss, yeah. I always I, I, forget the I, you line. Love, you always forget the line. I always forget it. When it's time it. to plug the line. <laughs> hold on. Around um, here, like, you're broke if your niggas ain't broke. Something. I, I always forget it. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to Boss on the Carter's album. That's fine. I um I asked my friend the other day. I asked, uh, do you feel like you know yourself? And he said, no. And I was like, why? And he said, because in a way I'm kind of scared to know myself. Mm. Because I kind of like being a caricature of myself. Ooh. Because I feel more free in that as opposed to actually dealing with who okay. I actually am. So is it freedom or is it comfort? It's comfort because 
it's uncomfortable to be in that vulnerable state of actually having to deal with what's making you who you are, yeah. the pain of that. So he'd rather just be the persona every day, which is a dangerous place too. Yeah, how sustainable is that? It's not. It's not. It's not. You're going to crash. It's, it's an airplane with no wheels. Yeah. You know? So I thought that was interesting because how many, how many other people think like that? And there's probably so many people. I think that's where the ego comes into play. Um, and it's kind of like I was listening to the podcast this morning, mm-hmm. School of Greatness, while I was at the gym. And the speaker on there, he said that the ego is like the safety cushion. Mm. So whenever you're in a situation where you feel like you have to defend yourself, you're really def- that's the ego coming into play. So it's kind of like if you're in that vulnerable state of getting to know the soul, the spirit... And you find yourself kind of restraining from that or hesitating that that's where the ego comes into play. So it's almost like we're so accustomed um, to knowing our ego that we forget to or or like he said, become afraid of getting to know the soul. Mm. But what's sustainable is the soul. So that's interesting. That's very interesting. At first, I was like kind of scared. Mm-hmm. Um and what he was telling me, but then I realized that's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a lot of people. A lot of people, especially online, and not themselves. You know? And, and you can see effort. it. You it can see it. It takes effort, right. It takes effort to, to know yourself. And and personally, I think what is hardest about getting to know yourself is the isolation that it requires. And I'm not saying you have to be in your room, like, cooped up with no type of, you know, social interaction. But you do have to become comfortable with being alone. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's where it all stems from because if you're so used to being surrounded by other... You're reliant to other people's opinions, other people's energies, other people's thoughts, other people's words. That's all affecting your energy. So if you can't have... If you can't spend time with just your thoughts, your energy, your feelings, your emotions, your ideals, mm. who are you? <laughs> what are you doing? You, you know what I mean? Like You don't know. You're just you walking know. in this earth depending on the next person who probably doesn't know himself either. Okay, how lost is that situation? That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. How important is uh, energy when you meet somebody? Ooh. Anybody. It could be a friend. <laughs> It can be somebody that wants to talk to you. It can be a new person at work, anybody. How, how important is energy and how easily can you identify your energy between you and that person? Well, I think it depends. Um, I, I haven't always been in tune with energy. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe to an extent, but I think that everyone has... A general sense yeah, of Yeah, a general sense of yeah. I either like you for some reason or I you're something's off about you, so... That's something that everybody has, but I think that for you to be able to really understand other people's energy, you have to be able to understand your energy. Mm. So you have to be, like I said before, you have to know yourself. You have to be by yourself. Mm. You have to know your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your energy, your frequency before you can know someone else's because that's what triggers or benefits you. So if you're at a high frequency and you've got aspirations and you've got goals and you've got peace and you've got balance and then you're around someone who may not have all of that then it's you can sense it you know what i mean just by Mm -hmm. the way they speak by the way they carry themselves 
Um, and it's crazy because I think that the more that I'm learning about myself, the more that I'm able to learn about other people because I know what I do, you know, and I know how I act in a certain situation. And so um, it's interesting because I'm a talker. Um, and now that I'm learning about myself, I realize that I, I talk a lot when I'm nervous or when I'm anxious um, because I hate awkwardness. I am not good with awkward. And you find like, yourself overcompensating for somebody else's awkwardness. Yes. And just any situation that is awkward to me is like my ultimate, like, it just consumes me. Like, I yeah. just really dislike awkward situations. So I think that in the past... Um, or something that I'm trying to change about myself is when I am in an awkward situation, I'll talk and I'll try to fill in the spaces. Like awkward silences, I hate them. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, ah, like it yeah. freaks me out. So I try to fill in the spaces or I try to make the other piece, the other person feel comfortable talking around me or, you know, I try to give you my high energy and just kind of give it to you a little bit so we can balance. Um, and hopefully so, it brings something out of them. Hopefully. And most of the time people appreciate that because it's like, oh, she's so friendly. She's so outgoing. Mm. And I am. Um, but now that I'm like growing up and learning about myself, I think that it's so important to, to first not talk as much and to almost take inventory of the other person's energy so you can meet them there. You know, and kind of assess. It's really, it's really assessing the situation so you know how to go about it. Mm. So I think that one thing I've done in the past is just kind of like taking the situation, focusing on how I feel about it, how it's making me feel. Like I can literally feel my physical um, responses to my emotional, you know, feelings. Like if I'm anxious and I've noticed this, I think I talked to you about this before. If I'm ever yeah. nervous, that's when you see me talking with my hands. That's when you see me shifting in my chair. That's when you know I'm looking away and stuff like that. Um, and so I think that now that I'm learning myself, I can literally catch myself like my leg is going crazy right now. Like, like whoa. Yeah. Like, you're nervous, I'm, dude. I'm nervous, yeah. you know, and I'm talking to myself internally like, Angie, you're nervous right now, so calm it down. And I think that that comes from being present. Um, and it's something that I'm learning how to do is just being very aware. It's so crazy how unaware we are of ourselves. Like, you know, are my shoulders, how much, how much tension are you holding right now? You might not even realize, like, whoa, my shoulders aren't dropped. Let me drop my shoulders. Mm. Or, like, you know, oh, my, my hand is kind of fidgeting oh, right now. Why is my jaw clenched Why like is that? my jaw clenched? That's my, that's mine. That's my, uh, my thing. I don't know why, because I can be by myself, mm-hmm. and I'm in the car listening to music. I'm like, Ur. and I'm like, wait, I'm tripping. Yeah. Like, why, why am I, I why so do I feel nervous? like that? Why exactly. Is somebody coming to get me, or am I thinking of am something? Am I thinking too much? Am I, what's in the back of my head that's making me, it's crazy, because it's, it's, it all goes back to mind, body, spirit for me. It's like what's in your mind affects your body. You know, well, really, mm. it, really, it should be flip flop. It just sounds better, mind, body, spirit. But really, it's like what's in your spirit affects your mind. What's in your mind affects your body. So it should be spirit, mind, body, but whatever. Um, but yeah, so I think that knowing my energy and being able to assess my energy and be in tune mm-hmm. with that allows me to then assess someone else's energy. So. For the most part, I think that I don't, I can't really sit here and say that I have a pretty good sense of someone's energy off rip. Like, oh, well, this is because I'm not there yet. I haven't reached that level of self-awareness, I guess you could say. But after, you know, I I have learned how to sit back, assess, um, yeah, and just kind of take it from there. I think that identifies a lot with my process as well. I can easily identify if somebody's being really fake. Just because I'm so like cut and dry, right. I'm not like a gray area type of dude. So I, when somebody's like 
I don't know. They're like overly friendly, mm-hmm. or they're like, I don't know. They, they're not being real. They're doing a lot of lying back to back. You know, yeah. I just I'm just kind of like I don't need to be around this person. Right. I'm gonna say nothing to you, but I just right. be like, I'm not okay. Cool, you know. Yeah, you go about my business, but it's not right. like I can't I can't rock with it. Right. You know? And that's kind of something that I'm also like working on is knowing which energies aren't necessarily aligning with my energy. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of places where you kind of have to, although you may have some emotional attachment or some historical attachment to a certain person or a certain being, if the energy isn't matching or isn't benefiting your energy, then it's kind of a place where you have to fade out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So knowing like, and, and that's not always a bad thing. It's not necessarily like, oh, that person has bad energy. Like, yeah. They're always complaining and this, this, this. But sometimes it's more so like, damn, you just, all you do is sit on that couch and yeah. play the game. Yeah. You know, like, how am I supposed to be motivated if every time I talk to you, mm. you're playing the game? You know? Mm-hmm. So you need people around you that, like, have some kind of push or some kind of you know, your friends should motivate you. Yeah. Your friends should definitely motivate you and inspire you to want to do something different. Right. You right. know, it might not be the same thing that you're doing at a time. You might have a friend that likes to go bowling. You might have a friend that does hair. You might have a friend that into the computers. Right. Whatever they do in life, you know, they should inspire you in that. Exactly. And how much passion they put behind it and how much effort and when they talk about it they light up like you're like oh man like you this is really dope for you i like this for you right if you ain't really doing nothing at all you my boy but you know like i'm I'm trying to grow here like yeah it's a it's everyone is a like a growing flower you have to water it Mm. you gotta cut out the weeds so it could grow Mm -hmm. you know give it some light and where's the line between it like okay cool yeah i know you're my friend Right, and we know each other forever. Now you're at that point in your life where you trying to transition into something bigger, or some or further along, you know. Yeah. And they still kind of stagnant. Well, you don't me, cut them off. Yeah, I don't cut them off per se. I don't necessarily cut them off. I think that because of me and like my purpose personally for myself, I think the best thing to do in that situation is to motivate. I think that I, I'm put on this earth to inspire. And to motivate and to influence. So it's kind of like in the instances where I have been in that situation where it's kind of like you're lacking, you're slacking, you're not doing, you're not performing to your best potential. Mm-hmm. It's Cause like, I know it's in you. Because I know it's in you and that's my thing right there. Boom. You just said it. If I know it's in you, I'm going to do my best to try and get it out of you. You know, or at least try to motivate you to try and get it out of you. However... People don't always like that. You know what I mean? No. And I think that maybe that's a lack of self-awareness on their part. But sometimes it comes off as like, or I don't know if, I don't, it, it might be a me thing. Maybe that's something that I need to do some more, you know, like exploring on. But sometimes, and I don't know if it comes from envy. I don't know if it comes from internal dissatisfaction with their self. Um, but that's not necessarily always received. In the way that you deliver it. Mm. So in my opinion, if if there are some dead ends where they're not necessarily helping me grow, then let's reverse it. Let me help you grow. And if you don't want to grow, then you just didn't want to grow. You know, I'm here for when you do want to grow. But I'm also not going to... 
I'm not going to take away from me to help you if you don't want to grow. Yeah. You're just going to have to stay. Hey. Yeah, I'm not going to stay on your level and make you feel comfortable. I can't. And you shouldn't want me to. And then if you if, if that's they what did, you, if that's yeah, what you're expecting, that's, then that's, he, that's a cutoff. That's a cutoff. You know, that's, that's a cutoff. At that point, that's when you, you got to go. What do you think is the line between uh, self care and selfishness? <laughs> I don't think the two correlate. I don't. I don't, think I don't either. But some people think that you can be so consumed with yourself and call it self care. Like, oh, you just get, you get your makeup done just because you want to have beat face. Well, you know, that's who not cares? Does that make you feel good? <laughs> but Do you I'm feel saying, good the people about that, yourself? The people that down that makes me feel like you don't care that that deeply about you. And honestly, I think that the people who down that or who interpret that as a bad thing is you need to do some searching on your part. You need yeah. to, maybe you Why, need to Are you intimidated by the, how if, much I love myself? Is that intimidating like, to you? Because maybe that's something, maybe you should beat your face and do your makeup if that's how you feel. Yeah. Maybe it'll help you feel better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because how, seriously, if to anyone who's listening, how can you hate on someone for loving themselves? They don't love themselves. How that's do why you they hate, love that's why they hate on you. How do you, hate, how do you love anyone else if you don't even love yourself? So you're upset at someone because they love them, because they take care of themselves? Come yes. on. Come on. Yes. Like, come on. <laughs> Selfish to me is you don't care about anyone else. Like, you first. You know, and to an extent, there's different, I think there's different interpretations to me first. Sometimes there's me first for my mental health, for, because you do have to put yourself first to be able to help anyone else. But yeah. I think that the line between quote-unquote self-care and selfish is how often or to what extent are you putting yourself first? Are you putting yourself first so that you're whole and complete enough? That way I can contribute to help exactly, people? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or are you putting yourself, all right, you're already whole and complete and happy and you're just keeping this to yourself. Yeah, now, you know? now I'm just going to go shit on you. Then you know, it turns like, into conceit. You know, so I don't yeah. think that self, selfish and self-care, it's kind of like, let's relate it back to finances. I have a million dollars, so now I'm good. And instead of, you know, pouring into... Pop, impoverished communities. I'm just gonna save this in the bank because I want to have a million dollars. And put up a bank. money phone on IG. Come on, like that. Yeah. exactly. You know, so I don't think I. That's a big eye roll for me. Like, <laughs> love yourself, brothers and sisters. Like, come on. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like. And and I wish I wouldn't have had to ask that question. Yeah, you know, I understand. I, I wish I wish I wouldn't have to uh, to get clarification on. What these niggas doing? It's silly, but I mean that goes back to people not having self awareness and having their own insecurities and maybe not knowing their own purpose. Like, I mean, do some soul searching. If you think that, come on, do some soul searching. What's really going on? Why are you really upset? <laughs> All right, what's the underlying factor here? <laughs> Why are you really upset? You might right. need to buy yourself a journal and write. Maybe. You know, write. Maybe. Write it out. Maybe. So, uh. You are a stylist. I am. First of all, let's get into the grassroots of that. Well, how? When did you recognize that that was a passion of yours? <laughs> That's a cute question. Um, a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like three? <laughs> I, no, probably, but it's crazy because I didn't know. I have, you know, how you have very distant memories, and you yeah. were so young that you can't even like put them together. You just have a visual in your head. So I remember. I was in Lawrence, Massachusetts, and I have a very distant memory. My mom had a red, um, like, blazer and skirt set. 
And I literally remember trying that on and just kind of playing dress up in her closet, which is such a cliche story, but I remember, no, I literally remember that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then my second earliest memory is my sister, your wife, had hey. this little blue, she had this little blue journal. It was so, like, cheap. And, like, I don't know, for some reason I just wanted a journal, like... I guess when I was little, I thought that was grown and cool to have a journal. So I, like, took it. And in the fourth grade, I used to do sketches of, like, wedding dresses. I think I used to watch... I used to watch some show. I can't remember what it was. But I used to do wedding dress sketches. They were so ugly. But, like, yeah, I'm going to be a fashion but designer. You were doing them, yeah. yeah. But it's crazy because I didn't... Clothes to me and, like, fashion was... I just, like, I just enjoyed it. And it's funny, I have pictures in here, like, my parents will see me, they're like, you've always been a little model, like, (laughs) I've always liked it, like, I've always been kind of sassy, I guess you could say, um, but in fourth grade, I had, like, a fashion line, blah, blah, like, I was just dressed, I was like, yeah, I'll be a fashion designer, um, and then, like, at the same time, in fourth grade is when I got into America's Next Top Model, and that, I watched that religiously, that was my show, like, Good Sis Tyra was just... Like Tyra, like she was just so cool. Like Still I don't is. know, maybe I just yeah. identified with her because she had a huge forehead and I have a big forehead and she was colored and like I just used to watch. I loved. She was America's. powerful. Yes, she was strong. Powerful. You had Jay Alexander on there. Like I think that's where the epitome of like glam and fabulous came to fruition for me. I was like, yes, like that's what I want to do. Like I love that. Um, and so that kind of like you know, started to come together. Um, but I didn't realize that I wanted to be in fashion until I was in ninth grade. So in eighth grade, when I was in middle school, we had um, the counselor come to middle school to tell us, like, because we had to choose our classes mm-hmm. for high school. Um, so she came and she was basically giving us, like, a little breakdown of the classes we could take in high school. And I remember she said we could take fashion merchandising. And I was like yeah like that's what i want to take um and so i took um fashion merchandising in ninth grade and i just loved it like i just felt like i was a natural like it didn't it wasn't confusing to me it wasn't boring to me i know a lot of people find it boring it wasn't like why do i care about like it was just awesome like we had to make a visual merchandising display which is like window displays out of a shoebox Mm. and like the fact that i could use like household stuff to make it and like I'm very detail-oriented, and I like stuff to look good, so I think that's where I was like, all right, like, I want to be in fashion, but then my sophomore year of high school, I took apparel, and it was, like, sewing, and I sucked, (laughs) like, (laughs) it was just, I I could sew things, like, I can reconstruct, so I could take, like, a pair of jeans and make them into shorts, but I can't take fabric and put it on a pattern and cut it out and sew, it's too... I'm not really good. This is why I stuck at math. I'm not good at things that there's only one way to do it. I like options. I like you could do A, B, C, and you get the same result. That's I think that's why I'm so geared towards the arts and like I've always liked writing, like because I like interpretation. I like well, you could because I think that's fascinating how we are so different. Like something that I may be so good at, you might suck at, and vice versa. You know. So I mean, I've always liked that. Um, and then from there, like high school is when I started to dress weird. Um, it was just when I started, like, you know, playing around with, yeah, like, different, yeah, different pieces and layering and... You ever look back at some of your pictures, like, whoa, what was I doing? I look back at my pictures and I'm like, damn, like, I've always been on this fashion. Even okay. if it wasn't cute, like, I've always kind of been, like, more out there. Like, I've never really liked basic stuff. Like, 
I'd be the type to, I mean, and I still do it, go in my dad's closet and figure out how to wear, like, you know, one of his shirts into a dress. Or, like, I remember in, like, sophomore year, I wore my mom's skirt as a dress to school. I wore pajama pants to school one time as high-waisted shorts. But people caught on to that. They were like, are those pajamas? I was like, no. But they were. <laughs> they were. So, I mean, I've always, I've been about this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a nice backstory, man. Thanks. Nice backstory. Um... When you look at celebrities in a lot of, of the high-end fashion, do you think that you could possibly get to a point to where we sort of support the upcoming brands more and have them on that platform? Or will it always be the bigger names is what they usually wear? Um, well, that's actually a theory in fashion. So there's trickle up and trickle down. Mm. So trickle down means that it starts from the higher ranks of society and then it trickles down to the lower ranks. So like for instance, fur. That's fur obviously real fur is like Princess Diana, like higher society members. And then it trickled down into you can get a, a full fur you know, vest at Ross for like twenty dollars. Yeah. So, you know, it trickled down. And then there's a the trickle up theory where it's it started at lower ranks of society and then it it came up to the higher ranks. So an example of that is like Biker jackets or mm. sagging, you know, that sagging started in jail, but you see rappers were millionaires sagging their pants or like biker jackets. They sag like skinny jeans. Yeah, exactly. So weird. trickle up and trickle down is interesting. I think that, um, I think that fashion, what, what really fascinates me the most, the most, most, most about fashion was well, two things. But one of them is that it's such a, it's a history book. And like a lot of people don't look at it like that, but like fashion is literally a history book. Like it, it marks what's going on in that time. So, for mm, instance, like, true. right now, what's hot, like, what's hot is, well, I mean, let's let's give it a, a few years ago. It was, like, graphic t-shirts with, um, like, words on them, messages, you know, yeah. like, for example, when Trump was winning, like, pussy grabber, or, you know, just things like that. But it's interesting because we see it as, like, oh, you know, just fashion, but our kids are going to be reading that, you know, like in the history books, we're literally going to see t-shirts that say that. And it's, it's just cool. Cause like, even in like the 1920s with like flapper girls, when women were just able to start working, working class, like what was, what was, um, popular in fashion back then was like short haircuts and like little skirts that were finally, you know, above the knee. So it's like the start of like women's right movements. So it's just interesting seeing how like it's such a big way of expressing yourself and how that like translates into society and what's accepted in society and like society is the time. So it's like mm. it's very parallel to each other. Um so I mean maybe it might get to a point where I mean I think we're already at that point where we're supporting I mean, what I are see, the, what are the hottest brands right now? They're street style brands. You know, we have Supreme. We have Off-White. Off like, that's yeah. all street style. That's not high fashion, even though they sell it at high fashion pricing, which is why I personally don't really believe in, like, Kanye West. Bro, you're not about to sell me a $700 <laughs> cotton t-shirt. That's Hanes with a different logo. Come on. That pissed you off. All because it's, it doesn't even piss me off. It's just silly. It all goes back to clout. Like, Kanye, that's a come whole other rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, come on. Like, you're really going to buy. I mean, I, I like that little off-white belt. That's cute. But that's what, like, $500 for a <laughs> yellow belt that says it looks like caution tape. It's literally caution tape inspired. So it's just. A pair of Jordan ones with a tag on it. You know. Come on. <laughs> you know why you bought that. Because everybody else has it. You probably don't even really like it. Unless you do, then shout out to you. But. 
How many people is that? So what are some what are some trends that you see that are like, eh. <laughs> it's uh, whack. <laughs> I hate guys. I hate <laughs> every time I see it, I cringe. Is the fanny pack on the shoulder? Stop! <laughs> stop wearing that. Like I hate that trend because half the time maybe too big for the shoulder. You just look silly. And they don't tighten it. You just look silly. Why are you wearing that? Like because because they saw it. Because you saw it. Yeah. You know, like I mean, fanny packs aren't my favorite to begin with but they're convenient so i you know whatever they're cool and they have some kind of cute ones so but like just wear it on your hip where it's why are you wearing that on your every time i see it i, I cringe like i just think it ruins the outfit like you just look silly it looks like when you were little and you didn't know where to put that so you just put it on your shoulder like um another one is well there's a, a new trend that's coming out it's like the diy like kind of inspired trend it's a lot of beads and like yarn work i'm not crazy about it i mean some there's already like high-end designers doing it again i'm not crazy about it but i guess it is kind of mm. summery but i just think it looks cheap <laughs> it looks like a, yeah. a project, so an art project. Together, yeah um the bulletproof vest again convenient lots of pockets but why are you <laughs> but whatever to each his own cool um ew have you seen those dad shoes or those sneakers they they're just tell me like tell me the Gucci's, sort of the Gucci yeah. Gucci Balenciagas Balenciaga has some decent I think it's a lot of like relation ones. yeah that's what I'm saying just the thinner ones yeah. you can get away with but the bulky ones like it does like a big sketcher ew it's just I am not crazy about that I don't and rock then, with it I can't rock with right them. I just I'm just not I mean you, I know why you bought those I know exactly why you bought them because <laughs> they say Balenciaga on them now the sock fit. I love the Those five. Because they're, they're small sleek. and sleek. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But the clunky, it just looks like new, the, the old no New Balances. no reason to buy those shoes. You remember the old New Balances? <laughs> Ew, that's what they look like. People were wearing them with like dresses. Stop the, it. The Balenciagas, those, stop listen, it. those big bulky Balenciagas, stop buying them, please. So, but I'm, if, but, uh, if you genuinely like them, do your thing. But you know damn well you bought them because you want to put them on the gram and look like you got bread. How do you feel about the Gucci's with the, uh, the, with the, the jewels on them? Uh, it depends. I haven't seen very many colorways. I'd have to Google it. I saw like a, um, it was like a khaki color, khaki brown. It had like ruby, pink ruby colored beads on it. I was like, <laughs> it's like, like a spice purse. Little it's art a spice purse on your shoe, on your feet. Your kid that's, just hey. took a glue gun and stuck hey, it. Hey, here, dad, this is Happy Father's Day. Like, yeah, that's, 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 that's wet. I am not crazy. And then the biggest trend that I'm over is clout. <laughs> Clout. I hate clout. Stop wearing stuff because you saw it the sweater on with, Instagram. I hate about the sweater with Balenciaga written all over it. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. That's literally all it is. It's just, I mean, some stuff is like, I mean, I'm a fashion head, so a lot of stuff that most people find ugly, I could probably, like, okay, I see you the art. Off. I see the it, art, yeah. you know? But some stuff is just, you know you bought that because everybody else is going to think you're cool. Stop doing that. Some people, some people need that out. No, I don't, they don't need it, but some people feel like they need their outside validation. It feels like you good. need somebody to you need somebody to tell you that you look good today. I need somebody. I mean, I mean and that might be tell the me case. that my outfit's gas. Like yeah. I need, I you need that because if you don't have it, then you are gonna feel like you're not enough. You can't. Exactly. You telling yourself that you look good, it's not enough. Like I need that 300 likes because if I don't get it, then I'm gonna be like, dang, like yeah. I ain't fulfilled. And it all goes back to conspicuous consumption. So that's something that's always been 
in society, which is basically, if you're not familiar with the phrase, is just um, purchasing things so that it increases your social status. Mm. You know? So, for instance, okay, for instance, how many people are going to buy a $3,000 Louis V bag that has absolutely no logo on it, Mm. right? Compared to the 3000 Louis V bag that has LV written all over it. Which one are you going to buy? You're probably going to buy the one that has LV written all over it. Why? They're both Louis Vuitton, right? Mm-hmm. But you want the one that lets other people know, hey, I can afford this Louis Vuitton bag and I have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. That, that's really... A lot of the times, like, I think people purchase stuff because they want other people to know, I have the funds and the status to purchase this. But, and it's but, like, but you, when you step back and look, though. You skipped your car note on that. You skipped your car note on that. Pay your bills first. <laughs> you didn't even pay your car note. <laughs> One time I was with my uncle, and he, uh, we were, I think, I don't forget what department store we were in, but they had champion hoodies. And <laughs> that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Anyway, and so, they had the champion symbol like on the wrist. Mm. It wasn't on the on the peck. <laughs> so, so he was like, "Nah, I can't get it because they ain't got they ain't got the champion symbol like on the on the chest. Ain't no ain't no point. It's like a plain hoodie." There you go. And that's the perfect example of go. it's local. Right. It's I mean, logo. And, and you know that's that's I mean, it's very common. Like I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I've done Innocent. it. Innocent. I've done it. I mean, I would it. buy the it. Louis V with the late. Maybe one. I don't really like the one with all. I mean, I'm lying. I do. The white one is really cute. I really want that one. But fate more subtle, you know? I don't <laughs> want one with a big bejeweled LV on it. That's not cute, but I'm not going to lie to you. You can know I got the status. <laughs> it's a status bag. Feels good. It's a status bag. Hey, feels good. No, Have some balance. Exactly. You, uh, look, right, because I will. <laughs> you will find me at your local Goodwill. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Hey, Faithful. one time you yeah, got like a trench for like eight bucks. I love Goodwill. Yeah. I love Goodwill. Yeah, I love Goodwill too. I love Goodwill. <laughs> yeah, yo, visit your local Goodwill. Don't yeah. sleep on Goodwill. You can get some steals in there. Design in there. Yeah, there is design, and you're contributing to the goodness of the earth. Yeah. Boom. I mean, that's not why I went, but yeah. <laughs> but it Double makes you benefit. feel even better. Double benefit. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, let's see what we got next. Do you feel like guys play games? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. Do I feel like guys play games? Mm. No, I don't think guys play games. I just think guys are indecisive. Hmm. And because of being indecisive, it's inconsiderate to the time, energy, and emotion of others. I think guys make so many bad decisions mm-hmm. that they're scared to make decisions. Ooh, that's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when you grow up, you're told so many lies. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, you ain't supposed to cry. Because you gotta be tough and you're gonna be weak and you you know you gotta leave the house and you gotta do this. So if you're vulnerable, you know you the b word. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So that's a lie. So you already got that. So when things happen to you in life, it's like all right, I gotta be tough. Right. And I, with that, you don't learn how to express yourself well. Okay. So if you can't express yourself when you're dealing with women, you're in trouble. And that, I think that's one of the biggest, for myself, 
Personally, I think that's one of the biggest frustrations is a lack of self, like, just ex just express yourself. That is so annoying if, to me. If you come home from work, right? Communicate, and dude. You, and like, you, you beat him home that day. Mm -hmm. He comes in. You're like, hey, babe, how you doing? Whatever, you know, you do. You say when he come in. And he obviously got something on his mind. You can see it. Yeah. You can feel it. It's like, all right, he ain't have a good day today. And so you ask him, you know, what's what's going on, you know? And he just like, nah, I'm good, I'm good, you know, whatever. Let's move on, whatever. You kind of like, you like want to know, like, okay, yeah. like, what's what has you so drained right, right now? Right. And he's not in a mood and mindset to tell you in that moment, and he doesn't feel like expressing himself. Not only because he don't want to, but because he doesn't know how. Right. You know, and he doesn't want to come off as weak because he's giving you his feelings like yeah and i think a lot of men battle with that and that's they sad. they don't know how to get over it yeah i mean that's sad that sucks that that's the reality for a lot of men and i also think that it's some i think women are also partially responsible for that because it's like if you are i mean not all of them and i think it depends on the relationship that you have with the person but that is, i think that women are partially responsible for that because like why are you crying? You know, you're supposed to be a man. You're a B-word. You know, so that's not... Oh, man. That's, see, that's what. That that's what. That yeah. sucks. That yeah. does suck. I, I, I wish that wasn't the case, and I hope we could change that, because that's sad. That's very sad. Yeah. You ever um, been involved with a bad communicator? Yeah, and what's crazy is that <laughs> he swore up and down. He knew everything about communication. And he did teach me a lot about communication, but... It was very, ob like, objective. Subjective? Which one is the one that's personal to you? Subjective, Subject right? Subjective. Yeah. It was very subjective. Like, he would talk so much about how people don't know how to communicate. And, I mean, he did communicate well. I'll give him that. Communicated much, much, much better than most people that I've talked to. But at the same time, you were able to communicate about everything except for your internal Mm. You know what I mean? You can because it's, it's about easier everything. to talk about other things. And you can even talk, he can even talk about his thoughts, his feelings, his emotions, his perspectives on stuff. But it's like, it's like if it, it, it was like, if there was home. an ending point. It was like, all right, you're hitting too deep. Too close to home. Yeah. Right? like it, that, And I could just tell. And I think that I'm such a, I asked one of my exes, <laughs> I asked him what my worst quality was as a girlfriend. He said I asked too many questions. <laughs> It's just hilarious. That's so funny to me. I do ask a lot of questions. That's the good. That's good that he he's an ex now. Whatever. I don't care. That, it was so. Funny. I mean, you actually. If that's opinion. the worst, then I'm doing pretty good. Like, thanks. No, you but. Um, gonna say something else. Yeah. Right. Cool. I have so many questions. What shit. Um. But yeah. So so I think that I like to know. I don't like surface level anything. <laughs> at all. So it's like if you give me a all right, no, you should small talk. Yeah. Oh, don't even start with that. <laughs> So, I don't like surface-level responses, especially because I like to... Oh, damn, that's crazy. Communication is everything. <laughs> Communication is everything. So, if you can't... And then and then guys want to complain about women assume, well... You didn't give her much option. You didn't give me much other option but to assume option. if you're not going to tell me. Think about how much easier this all could have been but that's a, if you would have That's an easy cop-out, though. It's, it's, a, it's a, a very easy cop-out. It's a very so. easy cop-out. If, if, if I feel like, you know... I didn't give you anything direct, and then you come with what you think it is, or what you seventy percent mm -hmm. know what it is. I can just say, "Oh, you assuming you ain't come, you ain't asked me, right. you ain't had a conversation." 
Right. Well, you didn't want to have the conversation, and we didn't have the conversation. Exactly, and that's actually what happened with that last person. Like, you didn't give me any direct thing for me to go off of. So I kind of had to take, you know, what I was seeing and what I was hearing, what I was feeling, and form my own insight because you didn't have the... Well, I don't know, courage, I guess. Which, to, which all could have been debunked whatever, by, by communication. Whatever, by you just, thank you. Wow. Boom. So what did we learn today? <laughs> we learned that we <laughs> communicate and express yourself. Just communicate. <laughs> just tell me it's hard. How it's hard you sometimes. Feel. It's hard sometimes. It is hard, and you're probably going to notice a lot of what I was talking about earlier, physical manifestation of your feelings. So you might not look me in the eye, and you might lower your voice a little bit, and you might... Tap your foot a hundred times, but mm-hmm. at least you're telling me. Put it in writing if you want. Give yourself some time to think of your thoughts. Cool, but like. Ask for a five. Bro, like, come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, Twenty like, questions. Yeah, like, give, me, yeah, give, me, give me five minutes. Let seriously. me let me take a breather. Let me go drink a cup of Even water. Even think on it. Let me think about yeah, it. Yeah, let me think. Then it's not the time. Then we'll, cool. t- we'll talk. We'll I'll, tell you, I'll tell you exactly what's on my mind. Perfect. You know, because you know. maybe you're not the best at on the spot, which I understand. But if you don't give me enough to, if you don't give me an answer, I'm going to form my own. That goes for any, that goes for anything, in my opinion. Mm. So, um, I was, I was watching a reality show. I'm not going to say which one, because I'm kind of embarrassed to say I watched the show. (laughs) And, um, there was a producer on there. His name is Young Hollywood. Okay. Young Hollywood was in the studio with an artist. Her name is Amada La Negra. Okay. And uh, she expressed that she was an Afro-Latina. Mm-hmm. And he said, so what does that mean? Like, you're a Latina with Afro? <laughs> <laughs> and so she got real offended. Yeah. She was like, you have such ignorance to the topic of the our community that I'm a part of. She's Dominican. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like, do you feel disrespect when you hear things like that? No. I mean, as a Dominican woman, I don't feel disrespect. I more so feel frustration um, because there's, it's just ignorance tends to frustrate me. You know, I, I think one of the things that irritates me the most is when people talk about things that they don't know about, you know? Yeah. And I try, I mean, I'm not perfect. I try not to do that. I always try to educate myself and ponder a subject before I talk about it. Because I don't want to look ignorant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think what irritates me the most is when people talk about something without knowing, you know, full context. Um, so not necessarily disrespect. More so just like, you ever just want to tell someone, like, shut up. Like, you know, <laughs> just stop talking. Yeah. So that's more so what it is. It's not disrespect. It's just like, just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is that it looks, it looks worse when you're... The tone you use when you're ignorant. Yeah. Like, ignorance in its purest form is like, okay, I just don't know about exactly. the topic. You know right. what I'm saying? So that's ignorance. But it just it has a more negative connotation when you're constantly, like, going on and on about something that you clearly don't know anything you about. You really don't. And it's all about, so, I'm sorry. You know, so if you're ignorant and you're just, and you're asking questions, you're actively right. trying to learn the information, cool. If you're ignorant and... You know, you're joking about it, and you're giving false information, and you're, you know, just appearing to be, quote-unquote, ignorant. That's a problem. Yeah, and I think that there's a different definition, in my opinion. Like, 
if you don't know about a subject and you're genuinely asking questions and trying to learn more about it, I think that's more so curious. Mm. You're curious. You're seeking more information on a subject, you know? To me, I like that. To me personally, ignorant is just you don't know enough to speak about it, and yet you're putting Still yourself in a situation <laughs> as if you know what you're speaking about. Mm. Don't do that. You know, you don't see me out here talking about medicine. You know, I don't know anything about medicine. I, 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 I can't speak on either. that. I you know, medicine. I can't speak on that. <laughs> so um, we we nearing the end. So we got a couple of. I'm gonna put you on the spot. I need. Five rappers, and <laughs> right now, on the spot, that you feel are the best in the game. Jermaine Cole. Jermaine Cole? Okay. Jermaine Cole. I like it. Have I you like heard it. a lot? His verse in A Lot by 21 Savage? Yeah, I did. He took over Come on. He took over no, he took over that song. That was J. Cole's song, really. <laughs> it really it should have oh been on KLD. Oh, my KLD. gosh. Yeah. Jermaine Cole... Wow. I just really like the message that he speaks. Um, he speaks a great message. Then I would say Jay-Z. You'll Jay-Z. Be Jay-Z. You'll be Jay-Z fan. I, I really could have plugged See, about I, 20 Jay-Z licks in this yeah. podcast, but I didn't do it. I wanted to spare y'all. I can't. See, I can't. I, maybe you're a big Jay-Z fan, but I like his lyrics and I like his music, but I can't call myself a fan because I can't sit here and name his top best tracks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, But I, you can definitely... I'm a false you know, prophet. I can appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I can't see <laughs> it. Another J. Cole reference. Okay. Yeah, you go. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and then I would say, I have a list. Okay, you got I, a little list? Okay. I think I'm prepared. Black. You like Ooh, black? Okay. I love like black. black. Yeah, is he's it, smart. Pretty Little Fears. Uh, I, what, yeah, featuring J. Cole. Featuring J. Cole. Okay. No, he, he's a lyricist and he speaks truth. I think that I appreciate rappers who can tell a story in an innovative way. Okay. So that's kind of the the common denominator between all of these people. Um, and he's smart. Like I also, wow, another common denominator is I really appreciate rappers who their interviews align with their lyrics. So mm. if I can learn something from hearing you speak to someone else, I'm like, whoa, I love you. Can you. Tell, you can tell the ones who got a writer. You can't, oh, for sure. <laughs> and the ones who are just doing it for money or music or... Clout. Yeah, like nigga, you don't, you, you know, you don't, you don't live this message. You're not, yeah, not yeah, like yeah. That, but you're not spreading a message that's worth hearing. Mm. Anyone could be a rapper who's actually spreading a message that resonates with people. Um, ASAP Rocky, I just love ASAP Rocky. I love. Do you his like fashion. him his fashion? Yeah. Yeah, I love his fashion, and I like. I mean, I feel like he hasn't dropped music that recently. Yeah, the album maybe five, six months ago. It was oh, called yeah. Testing. Oh, it was really good, but it was unappreciated because. Uh, the albums that came out around that time. I believe it. So I do you know. I do appreciate his music. I like his I like his wordplay, his delivery mm-hmm. and his beats. Um and then I love me some fab. Fab. I love fab. I, I like his, like I like his punchline. Yeah, he's just such an OG, like even though he's not a good person because he beats his women. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. yeah. That's but that's that's dark. It is dark. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like damn. Anyway, especially when you hear the details about like knock her teeth out, like stuff like that. Like, I didn't even know that. Oh, you didn't. Oh, he knocked her teeth. Nah, he didn't do that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, I don't really want to mention him, but he. I mean, and he's just an OG. Like, I think that if you were relevant back then, before I even really knew what hip hop was, mm-hmm. and you're still relevant now, you're a pretty good rapper. Yeah, Fab you're is one of the very rappers. few artists that was able to adjust with the time. Right. You know, he's and honestly, able to. Fifty Cent too is pretty good. Yeah, 
he can he can okay I can do a track with OG yeah. but I can also do a track with like Uzi exactly. you know and yeah. and it's still fire I don't like Uzi Uzi Uzi's strange to me I do like some Uzi songs I like his beginning stuff yeah, yeah but it, it's 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 gotten weird yeah it's gotten weird all my friends are dead and then he's talking about you know <laughs> I, he's talking about you know retiring. Like, I'm never going to do music again, stuff like that. Took all the stuff down, so. Do I, you? I don't know. We'll see. I didn't know that. You know, I don't know. I think it's label stuff. But, yeah. Um, this, that was a hard, that's a hard question, though. That was a very hard you prepared. question. You prepared. I had to take a note on that. Yeah. I almost, I was at work, and I was like, I might have him delete this question. Because I, I feel <laughs> like I'm not, I don't have my credentials to speak that's on a music. Feeling. It's a feeling. If you if you like the music and you hear the music and you can appreciate mm-hmm. it and it, it gave you some game, you you know, it resonates. The way that I feel, this sounds superficial as hell, but the way that I see it, I'm like, if it's a good caption, if I can write that on my <laughs> so wall, <portables. laughs> if it's quotable and I can write that on my wall, I like you. And if you, I like that verse or that song, if you're consistently giving me good, like, damn, ooh. Oh my God! I forgot to mention the greatest to ever live, Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne, Old okay. Lil Wayne. Old Lil Wayne. Old Lil Wayne. That was my first yeah. favorite rapper, and I would listen to some of his songs for like the fiftieth time and catch a wordplay. I was like, "Yo, I get it." Lil Wayne. He, was fine. Lil Wayne. Wow. He. I. I don't know. Real G's move sounds like lasagna. Like lasagna. That's fine. Oof. That's fine. <laughs> he said, a millionaire. I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. My criteria compared to your career just isn't fair. Oof. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. I mean, I, uh, I miss him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I miss it's, stuff, it's over with. Yeah. It's over with. I mean, I'm not saying that he's washed, but compared to you know the standard we set for Lil Wayne, yeah. it's definitely a decline. The last album and it's was okay. pretty decent. You know, Michael Jordan also played for the Wizards, so I get it. When he started doing that rock stuff, though, I was like, Wayne. You and remember that, he had that a rock gold, page? too. That's crazy. I was not a fan of that. The rock I wasn't a fan either. I was like, uh-uh. But this last one, I, I, I could appreciate it. I appreciate it, too. I think I gave it like a six and a half or seven, something okay. like that. Yeah, that's that a good album. That's a good album. Man. Um, my last question. Health and fitness. You lost weight. I did. A lot of weight. You had a I weight loss not. journey. It was very successful. Thank you. You've kept it off. It's sustainable. It's amazing. Thanks. Um, what's some tips that you would give some people if they're just not getting started? <laughs> and, you know, they're, like, intimidated by the gym and they don't really know what to eat, stuff like that. Because there's a lot of misinformation yeah, about how to go about that. How to approach, you know, weight loss and stuff like that. So, what's some tips that you would give some people who, you know, want to embark on their journey? So, I think the biggest tip, it really, really starts with, like, with you. Why do you want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to become fit? Why do you want to become well? Um, and how how badly are you willing to sacrifice for it? Um, and then from there, once you can identify that... Then everything else is, is fairly simple. <laughs> mm. You know, there's no... And it's so funny. I was just talking to my dad about this. You know, flat tummy tea and... There's not a magic pill. Pills. It's not a magic pill. Uh, you guys, Cleansing juices. They, they are scamming juices. people. Scamming guys, people. Come on, bro. The, the secret on. sauce is working your body 
and watching what you eat. That's real and drinking water. That's it. That's the only secret sauce. Like yeah. After you can determine like okay like for me I wanted to lose weight. I was oof. I remember that. I um so I went to college. I've always been chubbier. Um but I went to college and I came back right before my birthday and I literally remember it was January fifth. My birthday is January sixth. Um, and I went, I had a doctor's appointment and you know how they weigh you. So I got on the scale and I was four pounds away from weighing 200 pounds. It said 196. I'm 5'6". So it's kind That's of, a lot of weight. I was like, weigh 200? Like, I mean, nothing to anybody who may weigh, you know, weigh that. But, but you knew, but you knew that for you, you were overweight. I was like yeah. two, like the fact that it was a two instead of like a one, I was like, whoa. <laughs> what? Um, so that was kind of like the red flag for me. I was like, this isn't, I gotta know. Um, so I just started like going to the gym as much as I could. Like I wasn't in there five times a week to start with. I was, I just started with two times or three times. Yeah. Um, and it sucked. The gym sucks when you're out of, when you're out of that. But I started to, I think I went like four weeks in a row. Um, and I was like, I think with me is once I'm on a roll, I don't want to fall off. You get that that. for momentum. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not even the momentum, honestly. It's more so like I know that if I don't go to the gym for two weeks, I'm going to be just as tired and just as not motivated and just as like, ugh, as when I first started. So I think really the reason. I need to be consistent, yeah. The reason that I've been able to keep it up and and keep the weight off is because I don't want to get to the point where I don't, like, I'm at the gym and I'm tired or I, you know, I got to start over. I got to start from from the square one um so really it's just about wanting it for you because if you don't want it for you it's not gonna happen or you're just gonna bring it back and then about just being consistent with it i mean consistency is the key to everything in life everything there's not one thing that's gonna flourish if you're not consistent about it so it's kind of like you got to be consistent and then after that my granddad said if you're consistent and you have a why as to like why are you doing it and you communicate well you can have anything you want in life yeah and I agree with that <laughs> I agree with that and yeah. then after that there's no secret sauce just and I'm not saying don't eat dessert or don't have pizza or don't eat fast food but like if you had it already twice this week you don't need to have it a third yeah or if you know, you know I mean? or if you know that you had you know a certain amount of grams of you know pasta or you know, carbs in general that day, and then it gets around dinner time. You're like, oh, maybe I should just have, you know, my protein and veggies tonight. Maybe, maybe I, I should, should just skip it out. Yeah, you and know. And even so, I think that it also goes hand in hand because what I learned was if I can't necessarily burn it off, I'm not going to consume it. Because once you start going to the gym and you get on that treadmill and you've been on there for an hour and you only burn 250 calories, you're, bro, I'm pissed. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I just busted my tail. On this treadmill, and I only burned 300 calories. What has 300? That's like a light. It's a pack of M&M's. That's a light pack. Yeah. That's what they label as light and size, fit. Yeah. Light and fit. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, the stuff that really gives you satisfaction is like 1,500 calories. Yeah. 17, 2,000 calories. That's your suggested calorie. There's a lot of hidden in, calories here. Yeah. I don't account for it. Seasonings yeah. and sauces yeah. and seriously peanut butter. And there's a lot of different things that can accumulate. Can Ranch accumulate. dressing, like... It's just so many things, That's and true. people don't account for that. They they only track in something that has a label. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like if you can't if you can't burn that off, if you don't feel comfortable knowing you can burn that off, 
Just don't need it. I mean, you can have your cheat days, you know, on the weekends. I'm yeah, not. I call them treat days. Treat days. Yeah. I feel like when you're when you improve your relationship with food, you st- you don't look at them as good and bad food. Okay. You kind of look at it as okay. There's some foods you should eat more than others. <laughs> no. Or less than exactly. others. You know, like it's, yeah, I agree. All right, cool. I I mean, I like brownies, so it's never gonna be a time where I'm never gonna eat brownies. Right. But I know if I've went, you know, if I mean three meals a day and two snacks, I know that that's thirty five meals a week. So if I go thirty three for thirty five, that's a very good percentage. Yeah. I'm cool with that. Exactly. You know, I'm like, okay with that. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And also, honestly, like, I think. I mean, I'm sorry to the people who can't cook, but I think oh man, being able to cook your own meals is like 75 percent of the battle. It's 75. Eating out is eating tragic. Out. Yo, y'all, and tragic. if you think about it, eating out is kind of nasty. Like, who's preparing your meal right now? How do you know they wash their hands? How do you know that? How do you know they wore hair How do you know that hamburger patty didn't fall on the floor and they didn't just like and put it back? Ew! Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to ruin that. It's probably somebody nobody. listening to this on the in their earpods. Yeah, I'm sorry that you're at Bonefish Grill right now. Right now. <laughs> I, I don't mean to ruin it for you, but you know, and not only that, but it's easier to eat healthy when you can cook it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's very few. Oh, if you guys have ever had clean eats, no offense, clean eats. That food is disgusting, and it's like because it's so plain, like it has no flavor. So it's like there's not a lot of fast food chains or. You know, food chains in general that offer healthy food mm-hmm. that also tastes good. Or, exactly, because you know, most of it, I'm be honest with you, the calories are very high when you eat out because they cook a lot of their foods in like butter, butter, and oily, candy. very oily bases. Yeah. You know that obviously they want you to come back, so they're gonna make it in a you know tasty, almost and, addictive. Yeah, it's almost addictive. Yeah. yeah, so you know a lot of that food is gonna be cooked in a way that's going to bring you back and it's going to be very high in calories you might think you're eating 600 calories for your dinner it'd be like 1100 you'd be like what the f-? you know what and did you eat cook like, it yourself like you know let's say something a lot of people are like you eat so healthy i don't even i mean yeah i guess i do but i don't really think of it as healthy food like i today like if if i eat quinoa i mean i'm gonna say salmon because i'm a pescatarian now but like quinoa salmon and vegetables like that sounds really really healthy to somebody but like i be seasoning my salmon you know my quinoa is nice and yummy my season my veggies got garlic they taste good like i'm enjoying what i'm eating it's not like a sacrifice so if you can learn how to cook and you start to learn your flavors and you start to know what spices go with stuff which i'm my sister's the pro on that i can't claim yes she She really is i can't claim any of that my mom and my sister god they're really the pros, but whatever. Back in my college days, people would gas me. Um, but when you can learn what you like, what flavors you like, what consistencies you like, you can make food. I mean, think about it. People don't like vegetables because they taste like nothing. But the reason they taste like nothing is because you're not adding to them. It's like a blank canvas. Yeah. You can make it taste however you want. Yeah. Mm, I love me some vegetables. That's actually a trick. That's like a hack, too. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you have a plate full of vegetables and you got your veggies which is your micronutrients and you got your carbs and you got your protein whatever that protein source is you if you eat your veggies first veggies like are very very like notorious for like filling you up so you won't be as prone to overeat if you eat your veggies first and I ain't even told my wife that but that's why I eat my veggies first cause I'm, I'm not gonna get seconds I'm not gonna overeat and I'm gonna feel full and more satisfied just by that one little hack. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't know that. 
So a lot of people, they'll just be like, all right, I'll have a salad before my dinner. So they eat the salad, then they're less prone to overeat because like, okay, well now I'm I'm satisfied, you know? And another big thing for weight loss, I think probably one of the biggest is water, your water intake. I used to be a huge soda drinker. I love, not that I was like some people that like drink a soda every day, multiple times, not like that, but like if I had an option between water and soda, yeah, I was gonna get the soda. And you don't know how soda. much better you feel. Yeah. yeah, and so I started to not track my water, but my biggest hack for drinking water is I always have a water bottle or you know something where I can it's there. So I'm like I'm thirsty, I'm gonna drink water. So I think that the more I started for me, the more I started to drink water, the thirstier I started to get. So my body's like, you haven't had water in like 15 minutes. Let me drink some water. You know, so that's a huge one because you don't. A lot of people don't realize how much sugar and calories there's in juice. I mean, I love juice. And I still love soda. But if you think about it, that doesn't really quench your thirst. None of that actually quench. If no, you're thirsty... Makes you want to get more soda. You're, you're going to get thirstier. Yeah. You know? So water's <laughs> huge. Yes. The only downside is you're always having to use the bathroom. Oh, all day. All, all the time. day. I've been thinking my boss, that, probably, like, yeah, like, yeah. my boss is probably... Yeah, literally. My boss is probably like, why do you go to the bathroom so much? Well, I drink a lot of water. But that's probably the other biggest one. I just hope that we get to a point to where... Now, I know that it's kind of cool now to... All right, cool. I'm going to be in the gym now. I'm going to get right. I'm going to get my workout clothes. You know, it's cool to be that sort of whatever on social media. But I'm actually excited to see people grow more into the... All right, I'm actually going to get into it for my health. Yeah, and, and not only... So I think health is kind of like like self. You know, it's something that you hear and it's just automatically categorized in a place of your mind where you hear it all the time. It's almost desensitized, you know, so I like to use the word wellness because being healthy is the same as being well, but being healthy, you think of the connotation of, oh, I'm healthy. Okay, so I'm not sick, you know, I don't have the flu and I eat vegetables and I work out. So I think that some people kind of, um, categorize that as a certain lifestyle like oh she's healthy so she's probably gonna get the salad but I'm gonna I'm not healthy I'm gonna get this burger like mm. it's just how it is you know but when you think no one really wants to attribute themselves as being unwell mm. you know like I'm not well like ooh that kind of like think to yourself am I well and if you say no like you kind of want to change that so the reason why I use well is because it goes back to what I was saying earlier about mind body spirit it's that you could maybe be well physically Mentally, but are health. you are you well mentally are you well spiritually think about emotionally. a lot of emotion and it all ties together like i was saying earlier if you're not well spiritually if you don't have a connection with some kind of source energy which is what i call it whether you want to label it god whether you want to label it the universe whether you want to la- whatever you want to label it your energy your motivation your drive your wellness your health has to come from somewhere whatever it is you believe it you you're not just that's why some days you wake up with more motivation than others. It's source energy. So it's like if you're not receiving that energy from the source, you're not going to want to get out of bed and go to the gym because you don't even feel you're sad or you're depressed. You're not going to want to go to the gym. But and when you're feeling good, your, everything comes easy. Everything comes yeah. easy. You know, yeah. when, you, when you're well spiritually, then you're probably going to, you know, if you're well spiritually, you're probably optimistic. You know, if you're well spiritually, you're probably you know, soulful. You're probably you're inspirational. Genuine. You want to be inspirational. You're, you want to, or you're inspired. You know, yeah. you can you can absorb that kind of energy. So if you're already well spiritual, then you're 
to an extent well mentally you know if you're well mentally then your body is probably going to experience less stress which means you might have less headaches you're and you could google this you're at a less you know uh you're less probable to get a heart attack or to get a stroke and it's crazy because a lot of people separate and it's like i don't necessarily go to the gym to maintain my figure i've gotten to the point luckily thank god where it's an endorphin rush so it's like it's hard as hell to get up <laughs> and go a lot I'm of so times. I'm so happy you're doing it now. But, I mean, a lot of the push is, you know, well, I know that I, 100% of the time, no exaggeration, I feel better after going than before going. 100%. It's never happened to me once where I go to the gym and afterwards I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have come. Like, I always am like, all right, well, I came. And not, you know, even even if sometimes I'm sluggish at the gym, which happens. It's not to say that I get to the gym and I'm always like, yeah, let's get this working out. Like, sometimes I don't feel like working out. So sometimes I could be sluggish at the gym, but when I leave, at least I know, but all right, I, I walking went. Walking into those doors I went. is a win. I, exactly. A win. I went. And whether I did 15 minutes on the treadmill and took my behind home. Don't matter. Home, you went. I went. That's 15 minutes of physical activity that I gained and it was better than just laying down you know so even yoga sometimes something. i don't feel like going but yoga some people go sometimes i might go to the gym if it's quote-unquote i need that you know to avoid the muscle atrophy and stuff like that i'll go to the gym and stretch um i'll just get in some awkward position you know mm-hmm. whatever stretch out uh get in the sauna uh i might walk on a treadmill yeah listen to some music and go home. Like, and, and, right, and, and you don't have it. to hit the weights every time. No, right, I'm, I'm not lifting weights seven days a week. Right. I'm, I'm sorry, you know. So, a lot of people, they think that I'm going to the gym. I got to be doing hit. I got to be, you know, doing backflips. No, like, and that's what intimidates a lot of people. Exactly, exactly. Like, right. when you go in and you and you scan that, you know, fob on your keys, you won. Like, you, and a lot of people think that, like, when they go to the gym, people are, look, or, you know, they're intimidated, or I don't know what to do, people are judging me. Nobody is paying attention to you. They're not. The they gym. look over at you, they're people watching, but, okay. They are just, like, they just happen to glance your way, or maybe they're you looking right at, there. when yeah. is she going to finish with those weights, because I need them, you know? I need your, like, yeah, I need where you at. Ain't like, nobody worried about you. We're out here Dying. I used to think that too. I used to think yeah. that oh maybe I need to put on more weight because people watching me. Maybe I need to run faster. I don't know. Look like I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. more. See, one thing that I will say though, as a woman, is sometimes when I'm at the gym and like I'm not by cardio, which is where a lot of women are. Like I'm at the weights. I do sometimes get some stares, which is just like uh, it's uncomfortable, but whatever. Yeah. But that that is that's another conversation. But that's sometimes like. I'm going to write that down for our uh, our rabbit hole episode. Please stop staring at me. <laughs> Please. And it's not even like I'd be wearing skimpy clothes. Like I'll be in leggings and a t-shirt. Yeah. But Some you're company. there. But you're there, you know? So it's just... And maybe it's admiration. Maybe it's like, oh, she's the only girl in this yeah. area. But that, stop looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> that gets annoying. Man, this was fun. Yeah. This was a yeah, good conversation. This is, this is really fun. I, you were very comfortable. Yeah, I like I, I like that. I'm literally like that. wearing slippers and a t-shirt yeah. and sweats. <laughs> that's that's that energy. Hit <laughs> me up for your fashion needs. Hey, so once again, uh, first of all, if you listen this far, you are very, very much so the MVP. Uh, once again, tell them where they can find you. So you can find me on all social channels, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Snapchat, at Style 
me, Ange. And I'm a stylist. I do personal shopping. Mm. I do editorial styling. I could do a wardrobe cleanse if your wardrobe just needs to be fixed up. A revamp. have a photo shoot. I, like I got word. you. An event. I got you. And yeah. That's it. The GOAT. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Thank y'all.